You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. So today I want to talk about John Wesley. I think I started on this a little bit. Um... So let me begin. Bill Johnson wrote a book. It's called Defining Moments. He released it a couple of years ago. He had a researcher work with him on it, and uh, they took the testimonies of these fathers in our faith these and, and mothers in our faith. Uh, a, a good number of the women that he writes about are women. Mariah Woodworth Etter and uh, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Kuhlman, Heidi Baker, these are some of the women he talks about. There's a website that, that I was reading today that has also women listed as being integral to revival activity and those great awakenings. You know, there have been two great awakenings, three great awakenings that they've talked about. They feel like we might be on the cusp of a new great awakening. But I want to challenge you because I said it at the very beginning. Revival isn't butts and seats. It isn't a handful of baptism on Sunday morning. It isn't a handful of people getting saved when thousands are attending. But revival is the, the moment when the power of God comes with force into a person's life, into a room, for instance. And everyone in that room is personally affected and changed by the presence and the power of God at work in the room and within them each individually. So uh, Bill Johnson has written this book. It has 12 uh, different leaders' stories who were part of great moves of God. And I'm going to talk about the, the man who headed up the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California, and what happened at Azusa. Because his story ties into where we're going with the story about John Wesley. And I may read a few more of these testimonies out of this book as we go forward. So today we're going to talk about John Wesley, and tomorrow we're going to, um, un- I mean, tomorrow, Thursday, we're going to unpack um, some of the the scriptures that I feel like sustain and support what I'm reading about here. And so this chapter begins with a quote from John Wesley. I put myself wholly into thy God's hands and put me to what thou wilt. Write me with whom thou wilt, but put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee, or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee, or trodden underfoot for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily resign all to thy pleasure and disposal. Here's the deal. John Wesley was the father of what was then called Methodism. And Methodism later became the Methodist Church... And he came in the 1730s to Savannah, Georgia, while uh, the, the United States was then a colony of Great Britain. And John Wesley lived from 1703 to 1791. He got to be an old man, wouldn't you say? He was about 88 years old. 
And he was a significant player in sparking and releasing the first great awakening. See, he met these Moravian missionaries who were instrumental in setting the stage for his defining moment. And I'm reading from Bill Johnson's book again. His first interaction with them took place on a boat ride to America in 1735 and 36, where he observed their peace in God and assurance of salvation in the midst of storms. It made him curious about what they had that could give them that kind of peace. Do you hear that? In February 1738, while in London, Wesley met another Moravian missionary named Peter Bowler. His interactions with the Moravians caused him to rethink his earlier theological training. You see, he had been to seminary. He had been taught about the doctrines and theologies of the church of his day. And on May 24, 1738, Wesley reluctantly attended a Moravian meeting at Aldersgate Street in London. Now, the Aldersgate's important. While he was listening to a portion of Martin Luther's preface to the book of Romans, do you see how this is tied to Luther's tacking that list of grievances against the Catholic Church to the church door? This is tied to that. While he was listening to a portion of Martin Luther's preface to the book of Romans, his heart was, quote, this is his words, strangely warmed. From that point on, he had full confidence in his salvation by faith rather than by works. Almost immediately after this encounter, he went to Hernhut, Germany, to spend time with the Moravians in order to learn more. By New Year's Eve that same year, he was back in England at an all-night prayer meeting. How many places do you know are hosting all-night prayer meetings? They were hungry for the things of God. Do you see that? With his brother, Charles Wesley, evangelist George Whitefield, and about 60 others. And God, quote, his words again, crashed in on them in the early hours of New Year's Day. This became fuel for the Great Awakening, the first Great Awakening. And shortly after, Wesley began open-air preaching. And John and Charles Wesley later became founders of the Methodist movement, which gave birth to the holiest movement and greatest, great, that greatly influenced Pentecostalism. John Wesley was the 15th of 19 children, only 10 of whom lived to adulthood. It was a hard life, do you understand? He was born in June 17, 1703, into an Anglican family. That means they went to what became the Lutheran Church here in the United States. He was from Epworth, England, and in 1709, at the age of six, Wesley was miraculously saved from the flames of a burning house. When he was a teenager, he was marked by God when he came across a poor individual employed as a luggage carrier, who was nonetheless overflowing with joy. This caused Wesley to rethink his own Christianity. This will be something that you find in common with almost all the people who led movements that resulted in revival. They were hungry for the things of God. They were looking for, for more. And they encountered people who were having experiences that caused them to question what they thought they knew about God and to discover more about Him. He began to fast and pray and disciplined himself to find more of God. 
1720, he moved to Oxford, and by 1725, he was ordained as a deacon in the Anglican Church as Christ Church Cathedral. He, a year later, he became a fellow at Lincoln College in Oxford. During this time, Wesley was heavenly influenced by the imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis, Holy Living and Dying by Jeremy Taylor, and A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life and Christian Perfection by William Law. In 1728, he was ordained a priest, and then, in 1729, he joined the, quote, Holy Club, which was a group that regularly met together to observe daily disciplines and to love those less fortunate. There was an aspect of service to what he did. George Whitefield and John's brother, Charles, were instrumental in helping to form the group. The students at Oxford named them Methodist because of their strict spiritual disciplines. You could say there was a method to their madness. Shortly after their father's death, John and Charles headed by ship to Georgia with two others from the Holy Club with the intent to evangelize the Native Americans. During their journey to America from October 1735 to February 1736, they faced heavy storms. John and his British friends were afraid they might die, and they were unsure of their salvation, if that were to happen. Their attitude contrasted with the positive outcome of the German Moravians, also on board, who were singing praises and holding service in the midst of the storms. Calling, recalling that dangerous Sunday, February 25th, Wesley wrote in his journal the following, at noon, our third storm began. At four, it was more violent than before. At seven, I went to the Germans. I had long before observed the great seriousness of their behavior. Of their humility, they had given a continual proof. In the midst of the psalm, wherewith their service began, the sea broke over, split the mainsail in pieces, covered the ship, and poured in between the decks, as if the great deep had already swallowed us up. Can you imagine... This sounds like something right out of Paul's testimony about being shipwrecked. A terrible screaming began among the English. The Germans calmly sung on. I asked one of them afterwards, Was you not afraid? And he answered, Thank God, no. I asked, But were not your women and children afraid? And he replied mildly, No, our women and children are not afraid to die. Wesley was shocked by their response and their steadfast face amid the storm, and he carried the memory with him long after their ship safely docked in Georgia. I'm going to stop right here and finish reading Wesley's story on Thursday, and then I'm going to share a bit of scripture that I think affirms what we're reading these next few days. Maybe we'll read into it next week because it's such an empowering and important testimony. And here's what I want to say to you. How did I get to 2016 before I read these testimonies, before I knew about these men? See, we've heard them talk about the Great Awakening. We've heard them talk about how Protestants became evangelicals through the Great Awakenings. But we haven't heard the stories of people radically transformed by God and empowered and encountering His Holy Spirit as they walked out their life and faith. And I would venture to tell you that because it, transportation was so difficult in those days that mail would take a long time to be delivered, especially if you were coming from England to America and vice versa. This means that what Wesley experienced, he probably didn't hear about from someone else. It was brand new to him. And he had a choice when it happened. 
he could embrace it and accept it as what as God moving and working through him, or he could reject it and say, this is not consistent with what I know, and it makes me uncomfortable, and it doesn't seem normal. But thank God he didn't respond that way. So let's read some more on Thursday as we continue to look at John Wesley's life and what we can take from it as we continue to pursue this idea of revival. Now remember, renewal is different than revival, and revival is different than reformation, and reformation is different than renaissance. And we need all four of those things to get this complete picture of what God is doing in this hour. So thank you for tuning in. I want to tell you about a workshop I'm doing through my coaching practice. It's it's a mini workshop and I've been I've been uh, exploring the idea of using what they call a bullet journal as a visual planner and journal so that I can keep all my notes, all my activities, all my trackers, all my calendars, everything that I need to run my business, run my ministry, and, and organize my life, that I can keep that in one location by making a unique to me bullet journal. And I'm calling it a visual planner and journal because it's going to be so much more than just your average planner. And so I want to share with you some things that I'm learning about this. And I want to share with you um, the 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 way I am setting up my vision journal and planner um, and give you some tips on how to not only focus more in your life on the things that are important to you and what you're passionate about, but also how to set up this journal, what to do if you don't feel especially creative, and so forth and so on. I will tell you that I used a planner all of last year called the Happy Planner that I absolutely loved. The only thing I didn't love about it was it was the size of a notebook, eight and a half by 11. And so I had, if I was going to use it in a meeting, I had to carry it with me. And that could be a bit of a cumbersome thing. And so I have been looking for a solution. And I think I've stumbled upon one with this this visual planner and journal idea. And I'd love to share that with you. So if you're interested in that, please visit us at Facebook at Blooming Inspired on Facebook. And check out the video I did yesterday. It was a Facebook Live video. In the link to the comments on the original video at the Michelle Bentham page that's about Michelle Bentham Creates, there is a link to a registration form. I will be offering this class tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Wednesday at 2, and then Thursday morning at 10.30. And if there's enough interest, I may offer, extend those out. And I'm also going to be offering a six-week coaching workshop that's designed to help you realize who you are in Christ and who He wants to be in you. The unique way He's gifted and equipped and prepared you for the purpose and calling for, that He's placed upon your life. And then how using this visual planner and journal can help with those things. You will get a number of things with this, including a DISC assessment that's a $70 value, a strengths assessment that will get you all of the strengths placement. You will take the test and you'll get a list of all the strengths placements. That's a $50 value. You'll also get... Um, an Enneagram test, which is all about core motivation, and that test is a $40 value. So right there, you're getting um, 
70 plus 50 is 120 plus 40 is 160 dollars in value i'm also going to include kindle or ibook edition versions of or google play if google books has it of michael hyatt's free to focus and uh, your best year ever because I think these books will help you to understand why planning is necessary why keeping up with your goals and your ideas is ne are necessary did you know that roughly 40% of all people in the United States uh, make a New Year's resolution that over 80% have broken their commitment to that resolution by within 30 days before the first day of February they have broken that resolution only 8% stay committed enough to complete their goal for the year in a New Year's resolution this is why habit trackers and planning and 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 all sorts of things are important well I also will give you some free assessment links uh, spiritual gifts tests and an emotional quotient test and we will talk about in our group sessions and through a private session that you'll have with me in a consultation about how God has shaped and wired you to uniquely express who his son is upon the earth through the gospel of the kingdom of God and um, so I think it's going to be a really fabulous workshop and it's six weeks long <coughs> You will. Um, we will work on our visual planners and journals together during the workshop. They'll be part of your homework. And um, we'll be talking about these books that I'm talking about and going over test results and the aha moments and the things you're learning and what they mean. I think that's more important because I think we're the most self-aware generations that have ever existed. We know more about ourselves than at any other point in time in history. We know what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, we know uh, what our Enneagram numbers are, we know what our, uh, our, our spiritual gifts are, we know what our personality types are, blah, 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 blah. We know we can self-diagnose ourselves with uh, psychological disorders even these days. And so there, what if what you perceive to be true isn't true? And God wants to reframe that for you. Join me for the mini workshop. I'll be sharing more about the upcoming six-week workshop and how you can be a part of that. I'm only taking 10 people to the six-week workshop. So if you want to be a part of that, please, please, please go to facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired or facebook.com forward slash Michelle Bentham Creates and leave me a message and let me know and I'll send you the link to register or find those posts with the videos from yesterday afternoon and um, until next time until Thursday this is Michelle Bentham and I'm reminding you that blooming where your planet is the first step to living your wildest dreams so live your lives blooming alive thank you for listening to the blooming inspired podcast on the blooming inspired podcast network this show airs Tuesdays and Thursdays 11 a.m. central time please take a moment to like share and subscribe to this podcast. You can also learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministries of Blooming Inspired Network by visiting bloominginspirednetwork.com and clicking the podcast link at the top of the page.